the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Stock Talk with Rob Black. Black. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Lending money to your children to buy a home. It's going to become more and more common, or it is more and more common these days. As 60% of millennials, who are the first-time home buyers out there in theory, um, they're not very confident they can afford to do so. And 60% say they're not confident we can do it. So more than a third of them are looking to mom or dad for a loan or a gift, or maybe even another relative. Should you lend money to your kids or adult children in your family? It's up to you. It's personal, like I said. But if you're a middle-income earner, no. I.e., if you're not able to save, max out your retirement and live, you got to max out your retirement. I'm assuming you're already living. Um, if you have to use your nest egg, I think it's a bad idea. Because to me, that's a little bit of financial engineering. You're taking from your retirement to fund their first house. You're not giving them cash or a gift. You're taking from your retirement. Yes, you could pay yourself back. Yes, the interest rates are pretty friendly. But also, if you lose your job and or, if things go bad for whatever reason, you know you don't have that retirement. Or you have to you know figure out how to re- reflate it, so to speak. If you're nearing retirement, I think it's a really cautious time to be lending money to people. I know people love the feeling of helping their kids. I know. I know. But parents who invest their money instead of giving it to children could potentially leverage another 10 to 15 years of compounding interest. So don't give it away too fast. Um, I've got a family member who, you know, <clears throat> I'll say bless their heart or whatever. Um, they wanted to give money to a daughter and a son-in-law, and they dropped $200,000 on this idea, and that money was spent. Had they kept it and put it in the market in those seven years, the, you know, the market was up two, three, four hundred percent, depending on if you had the courage to buy at the bottom. I'm not saying that you did, because I don't want to exaggerate to the up, nor do I want to exaggerate to the down. But those are the people who should not be lending money, are people close to retirement. It's a good idea if it's a good investment. That makes sense. If you plan to lend the money instead of gifting it, you may reap some financial benefits. But get it in a contract. You can lend money at a cheaper rate than banks and also set up a greater return than you would if you put the money in a bank. So let's say you want to get 2% on your money or 3% on your money. You can lend the money to a family member and say, here are the terms. But you don't have the the mess of going out and owning bonds or CDs or whatever your source of income might be. Um, it's a good idea if your your son or your daughter, your family member, has a good source of income. So, you know, if they've completed grad school and they're in the position for strong earnings, you know, hell, heck yeah. Love, love your family members and it's remember that it's only money. But if it's, again, if you're tapping your retirement, bad idea. If you're close to retirement... 
I'm not crazy about the idea because I kind of want you to see, you know, how expensive things are or are not. But again, that brings up the touchy topic of money and how some people absolutely, positively, definitively want to um, kind of be in control. Um, and some people want to say, you know, my, my family's my life. My family's my life. I got a tattoo that says mom. I also got one that says Cynthia, but don't ask me about that one. I also got one that looks strangely like a flower. Don't ask me about that one either. That one makes me sensitive. So these are some of the things out there. Again, do I pretend that I can give you financial advice on families? No. It's just like if you know a person is going through divorce. I can't pretend to give advice. Um, I could say, you know, there's... Be steady and be calm and such when it comes to financial decisions, but uh, I need to be careful to kind of keep it in my own limited world, so to speak. So, most dangerous threat out there. What do you think it is in your mind right now? Markets tend to go up, and they tend to be tied towards um, capitalism. Markets tend not to go up forever and ever, and there tends to be some down years. Um, we saw President Barack Obama walk into a big market pullback that some people say maybe was his doing. Maybe the markets knew something. Some people would say he inherited it. But then, basically, since Obama took office, the market's gone up and up and up. So when we say it's been a nine-year up market, it's all of Obama's eight years plus the first year of Trump. Um, that tells you, like, it's been quite a time, right? So to give you another perspective on the market and why I like it, but I am going to tell you one of the things that I'm worried about. Um, the market and why I like it. Um, heavily tied towards capitalism and low interest rates. And um, Yes, the interest rates are, are coming higher. And yes, there's always going to be something you know more interesting out there, but I'm not interested in interesting. Some of the things that I'm worried about is a big crypto jacking, something that they'd make a movie out of, something where Kevin Spacey and his team of 10 Harvard students uh, crack the code. And wait, 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 I'm not allowed to, Kevin Spacey's not allowed to be in the movie? Oh... Okay, let's 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 cast another actor. Louis C.K. making his dramatic debut in crypto theft. Fallen out of favor, Harvard professor and ten students who all got uh, kicked out of school for various reasons that are going to be showed on camera and will make you laugh. But yeah, <laughs> things that I'm worried about, like waking up and hearing that X amount of dollars was stolen from a Bitcoin exchange. Something shocking. Um, clearly, when you have Russia saying that they could throw a nuclear bomb now anywhere around the world, Russia's just not... See, this is the interesting thing about Russia. I'm not pretending to be a political science major, but they're just not relevant anymore. So they can go out and attack the Crimea. Basically, you know, a bunch of goat farmers with, with pitchforks. Um, 
but they what they pull in Syria, it's very small and it's very limited and it, it's very size driven decision. Um, you're not going to see the Soviet Union go into a big country ever again, or a big. Well, I'm not going to say ever again, or a big engagement. But what they'll do is they'll get hackers, who you get ten math students who can bring down a crypto exchange. Woo! That's some calamity. You get some hackers who can try to you know change the vote, or at least turn our country into the kind of a laughing stock of did we get hacked? Was one vote one vote? Was democracy all that it's cracked up to be? So those the it's it's the weird outliers right now that I'm most worried about on Wall Street. It, it's the jobs are fine, the inflation's okay, the higher interest rates we can deal with in in increments. Mine is waking up and finding something crazy what happened is you know maybe a nuclear strike, maybe hackers taking down a big exchange. It's all about confidence. I'm Rob Black. Stay confident, my friend. 800-516-1220. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Funny how it seems like yesterday. As I recall, you were looking out of place. Gathered up your things and slipped away. No time at all. I followed you into the hall. And your money on AM twelve twenty KDOW. What is this? Stock talk with Rob Black. Black. I'm Rob Black talking money investing and more. Apple had a busy week when they announced that they are gonna do facial recognition tied to their phone where your phone could be laying down on a surface and it could still recognize your face and unlock your computer. What's creepy about this, it brings up into the question of what if a cop busts someone and like wants to see what's on their phone, even though they have no right to go into the phone, hold the phone up to the criminal's face. And I heard one Apple executive say, just pinch your face together. And that's not an acceptable reply. It's not an acceptable reply. You can also grab your phone from the police officer and push two buttons side by side, and that'll disable the face uh, unlocking technology, which maybe will buy you enough time to get a lawyer. Probably not, but maybe. But it does bring up questions, right? Now, that's the negative questions. Now, I'm going to look at the positive questions. How about the idea of you come home and your, your doorbell looks at your face and says, hey, welcome home, Rob. I'm like, woohoo, that's cool. And it starts turning on all my lights, and it knows that I like. I, first thing I do I, is I go to the computer, but the computer's now my Apple TV, and I go to my Apple TV, and it's, it's like, "Hey, Mister Black, you want some sports scores or you want some stock scores?" I'm like, "How about some? How about some beautiful women from Sports Illustrated dancing around Caribbean islands?" 
Yes, that's what I want. Oh no, oh no, she's home. Put it put on the stocks, put on the stocks. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. She walks in the room and computer goes, Hey, what do you want to watch? You want some music? She goes to the she goes to the room because she caught me, right? She's all mad at me. And she goes in the room and and the, the sensor detects her face and is like, Yeah, it looks like you're having a bad day. I can see that you're frowning. Do you want to send out a nasty message to Rob? Or do you want some nice jazz? So facial recognition is going to open some pretty cool doors. Now, how about this? How about this? How about this? How about this? Not just the the home that kind of gets you and, and knows you. And again, this is going to happen in our lifetime. By 2021, most car companies have committed to self-driving cars on some form. That's not that far away. How about this? How about you buy a car and you put your face in it, and you put your, your your sugar booger's face in it, and no one else can take it unless you're there to override the code or put in something else, and suddenly car theft goes down. Or how about you say, uh, you know, the sensors are going to be getting better and better to the point where your kid likes to, to go out, and your kid is a charming little angel, right? He's just lovely. You know, one out of four kids don't turn out the way we want them to. That's why you shouldn't save money in their name. You should do a 529 plan for them, absolutely, which helps with cover, uh, cover college costs. But you should not save in your kid's name because one out of four starts finding men very attractive when she's 14 and gets into trouble. Starts finding a needle to get himself high, pretty darn intoxicating. One out of four. Now, go look at your kids. If you have four, one out of four, pick them. You tell me which one it is. You got two kids, your neighbor has two kids, pick one. So don't ever save money in your kid's name. Just my opinion. So Apple TV, which was kind of interesting with the announcement of all the new product, they raised prices on everything. That's pretty amazing. Their Apple TV, which is losing market share to the crappiest product in the world, the Amazon Fire or the Amazon 4K stick or whatever it is. I don't even know. That's how ghetto it is. I don't even know. And Apple's still able to raise prices. So Google's Chromecast Ultra, cheap. The Fire TV, cheap. And Apple raises prices on something that no one is really using because they can. Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. So I think that was the big push that came out of Apple's thing is that face recognition. It's kind of killing the smartphone. I've grown accustomed to her face. She almost makes the day begin. I've grown accustomed to the tune that she whistles night and noon. Her smiles, her frowns, her this has something her to do with Apple. Second nature to me now. Like breathing out and breathing in. Okay, I was going to give Mike Matthews like a raise at some point because. He was good on that great Google Moogata. You got to give him credit. But using her face, <sighs> that's a little bit stretching it. Stretching it. Trying to make it work. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Money shouldn't be the reason you get married. What should be the reason you get married? Well, money doesn't hurt. When it comes to money, marriage does change things. From owning property to retirement planning to estate planning to filing taxes. You know, I once was married. 
and it was a disaster. But we filed our taxes together and saved money versus filing independently. I tip my hat to you, Cindy. I hope you're well. Thank you for saving me taxes that one year. In some cases, a couple may get hit with a higher income tax bill. That's the marriage penalty. But from a personal financial perspective, the financial perks of getting married are wonderful. So guys, dust off that cubic zirconium. She'll never know the difference. This is your weekend. You can do it. Pop the question. Do a long engagement. No more. You're in no rush. You can stretch. I'm not going to take this anymore. Marriage date. So when you get married, sometimes your Social Security benefits maybe get a boost. As a married couple, you're each eligible to collect your own Social Security benefit up to 50% of your spouse's uh, benefit, or up to 50%, whichever is greater. This can be a financial plus if one of you is a high earner. In addition, a widow or widower is eligible to collect up to 100% of the other's benefit. Um, a lot of companies have insurance that if your spouse dies, you can get like a big $300,000, $400,000 payout. A lot of people don't know about this. So sometimes it's 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 worth, you know, put a ring on it. Um, Beyonce, you know. Yeah, um, as you might expect, it comes to income taxes. Marriage has pluses and minuses. Uh, when an unmarried person includes a partner on their health insurance plan, that benefit is taxable. For married couples, premiums to cover uh, both are tax deductible. That's interesting, right? So hitching up, not so good for the health care plan. Getting married, much, much better. You can buy and sell your home, can have financial perks. When selling, a married couple with joint ownership gets a capital exclusion gain of 500000 If you're single, just 250000 in the Bay Area. You want that $500,000 exclusion so you don't have to put a um, big old income check in the mail to uh, the IRS. Put a ring on it, guys. It's a financial perk. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Stock Talk with Rob Black. Black. difficult about this show is that I'm doing a show for 20-somethings, 30-somethings, 40-somethings, and people who have basically messed up and haven't saved enough in their 50s. My best advice is if you haven't saved 
a million dollars is to keep working and keep working and keep working. And whether that be savings in, in your investments or if that just means you keep working so that, you know, your 800000 will stay that way for a couple more years in retirement so you don't have to tap into it. A million dollars is only going to pay you $40,000 a year until you die. So I got my first job when I was in, not elementary school. <laughs> now I'm embellishing. Ninth grade. Um, I washed dishes at like a, kind of a Friendly's, which is kind of an ice cream place. Um, and that wasn't fun. So and I wasn't really washing dishes as much as loading a dishwasher. But you got really wet and stunk because I guess there was a lot of sexism back then. That All the cute girls were the waitresses. The guys were ice cream scoopers and the young people <laughs> dishwasher loaders. So I've been working for a long time. Um, and when I do a show for 20-somethings, 30-somethings, 40-somethings, 50-somethings, I don't want us all to work till the day we die. So um, I would be very cautious on where you put your money. I love the 401k. I think you should always put money into a 401k. Um, and then you should max contribution to a Vanguard Roth then you should do look for extra money into that 401k. So I think you should set up a, an emergency fund. So I think you should have a six-month safety net in a checking account or a savings account that you never, ever touch. I think you should stay away from commercials that say you can get a 7% return by putting your money with us. Uh, anyone who's willing to say that type of guarantee is someone you shouldn't trust. Um, because why would they, why would they use you if they can do that themselves? They would use you because they're trying to get money from you in the transaction costs. I don't like hard money loans. I don't like that in any way, shape or form for an average person. Um, I think when you're young, you should figure out, you know, can I get a rental property where someone else is paying the rent? It's not a bad idea. Can you start or buy a business? You should start thinking about things like the stock market. And then you should start thinking about yourself and how you can educate yourself from, you know, great books. Um, again, you're not looking for books that promise you to teach you how to trade or teach you how to invest. You're looking for, like, books by Peter Lynch, who was one of the world's greatest investors. Books about Warren Buffett, one of the world's greatest investors. What's interesting about Peter Lynch and, and uh, Fidelity, he's one of the greatest investors of all time, and most people lost money in his fund. How is that possible? He runs Fidelity Magellan for 20-plus years, and most people lost money, and it was one of the greatest mutual fund of all time for that period of time. It's because people buy high and sell low. People get greedy and go, hey, did you hear about this guy? And they rush in to get in, and then the market pulls back and they panic. So I don't think you're missing anything um, out there. I think it's pretty simple. So I think, you know, options like buying a rental property, starting a business, investing in the stock market, investing in yourself are all great ideas. I'm always confused by people who invest in, like, self-help gurus. Because you look at the self-help guru, and they wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for teaching you who has low confidence how to have higher confidence for the short term. Um when you invest, start knowing that there's different stocks 
bonds, mutual funds, index funds, real estate investment trusts, master limited partnerships, and so on. So I think the best thing for you to do is buy a diversified portfolio. If you're in your 20s and you see something like a total stock market index, perfect. Um, that could be the Russell 3000. That could be the Wilshire 5000. That could be a target fund. If you're in your 20s, you're going to retire in 40 years. So you take a look at the calendar and you kind of round up and down. So in this case, you'd probably round up to 2020. So you're going to retire at 2060 because you're 20, 40 years. Add 40 to the 2020 and you got 2060 and you do a target fund called the 2060. And then you're done for now. And you just start putting more money in it. Then you start thinking about a Roth and you start thinking about other things. And uh, you try to increase your contributions. Over the last 30 years, the S&P 500 has returned 10.35%. But do you know the average investors only returned average 3.66%? So in the last 30 years, if you just got in the market and did nothing, got in the market and got like recreational drugs, or you took a long nap for 30 years, you were Cinder Rumpelstiltskin. Um, you got 10.3% returns. But if you were like, I'm going to buy $10,000 of Amazon at an all-time high, it might not have worked out for you in your 401k account. Uh, if you have an S&P 500 index, you don't mess with it. You got 10.35% returns over the last 30 years. Um, and I think that's where people get into trouble. We had that call earlier who was like, what do you think about short selling? I think you shouldn't be doing it. It goes back to that thought. You can pick your nose. You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friend's nose. Uh, there's some things that you just shouldn't do. Uh, I think you spend your 20s learning how to invest. I don't think you have to do things right. I just think you got to get in the habit of doing things. The habit of paying off your credit card. The habit of saving. The habit of that kind of idea. In your 30s, you should look at buying your first piece of rental property. Um, perhaps your first home. Learning how to assess properties, navigate financing, screen tenants, and calculate cash flow are the buzzwords that you're going to want to think about. Um, you don't want to sit on $200,000 cash waiting for an opportunity. You want to put that money to work because you're in your 30s and that's what you should be doing. In your 40s, you should think about, I'm going to retire in 20 years. Where am I? Where's my financial uh, roadmap, my checklist? Um, do you start your first business in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s? You probably have more success if you do it in your 40s. Um because you will have learned from business experience. It's funny because I tell young couples, I said, if if she can work for IBM and you can start your own company, bingo. Or I should probably say, if he works for Microsoft and she starts her own company, that's perfect. Because from a tax perspective, you get you get it all. Not, I'm not saying you get it all. That's the wrong thing to say. From a tax perspective, you have a lot of uh, um, leeway, a lot of leverage, a lot of ability to... Uh, tinker, so to speak. So that's your 20s, 30s, 40s. And again, in your 50s, if you haven't saved enough money, and you know, by, in your 30s, you should have at least one to three times your salary because you're aiming to end up with 10 to 20 times your salary when you retire. Um, so I think that's uh, kind of an important thought to digest. I use TD Ameritrade. Um, and Fidelity for my accounts. I think Fidelity, Vanguard, and TD Ameritrade are the only three you need. Charles Schwab is fine. 
um, company that I think is going to get acquired sooner than later is E-Trade. E-Trade had its, it had its day, but I don't think anyone's going, ooh, I need to open up a new account. I'm going to use E-Trade now. I, th- I would imagine that uh, they don't really have the volume, volume, volume that they had of the GoGo 90s. So that's worthy of note. Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, how do you start investing? I think that's probably one of the biggest things that, you know, I just said. Um, you want to open an account. You want to learn in your 20s. So before you do, ask yourself the question of why am I going to open an account with TD Ameritrade or with Fidelity or with Vanguard? So ask yourself the question, why? Um, what motivates you? And then you ask yourself, why do you want to invest in a company? Do you want to invest in Apple? Do you want to invest in Southwest? You kind of want to lay a foundation before opening that first brokerage account. You want to make sure you have money on side for the emergency fund. Then before you open that uh, first account, you want to have a target. Um, do you want to make a million dollars in it? Do you plan on setting aside 10% of your income? Do you want to put all your bonuses into it? Uh, try to stay away from what I would refer to as fee factories. Um, total fees should probably be under 1.25% always and closer to 25 basis points. So 1.25% is 125 basis points. 25 basis points would be one quarter of 1%. That's what you're looking for in fees most in those two uh, ranges. So understand you're going to have some short-term pain, but it's going to get you long-term gain. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Stock Talk with Rob Black. Black.
So you may find this funny, you may find it not funny. But I was on a date the other day, and she said, It's so refreshing, Rob, that you don't look at your phone. I go on dates all the time, and guys are always looking at their phones. And I go, I'm not looking at my phone because I don't want to see a text message from my wife. Kind of kill the mood. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, it's a joke. <laughs> How likely this is going. Yes. But the average person does check their phone 150 times. When I saw that, 150 times. Jeez Louise, right? How can I invest in that? A study found that we check our phones roughly every four to six minutes, and that 46% of people in relationships have been fubbed. Fubbed. And that's not... That's not what you're thinking. I know you saw it on that adult email website thing. That's not how it works. Experts recommend a limit of phone time in making certain rooms a phone-free zone. Fubbing is on the rise, and that's the habit of snubbing your partner for your phone. (laughs) Oh, I was in my therapist's office the other day, and I keep looking at my phone. He's like, do you have something better to do than spend $200 an hour talking to me? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. What, 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 What did you say? Um, so it's very second nature for us to check our phone and of the 46% of people who say they've been fubbed, 22% say the behavior has caused strain in their relationship. Whoa. Worthy of note, right? Are you with me against me? You got to choose a side because this is a civil war. So, um, what else is up there? Hmm. The happiest couples married or not tend to share one key characteristic. The happiest couples, married or not, didn't share one key characteristic. The sun's out. Flowers are blooming. Your refrigerator's so cluttered with wedding invitations. You can hardly find the handle. There's nothing quite like wedding season to get you contemplating the next phase of your own relationship. Yes? Would you like that? Yes? How might you... How might tying the knot with your partner make you happier? How might it strengthen your relationship? It's a big question, right? And to get wealthy, same spouse, same house, same car. Um, To stay wealthy, do things like floss your teeth because losing a tooth is expensive or it's very unattractive. I don't think I could be married to someone missing two teeth, two front teeth. I don't think I could do it. Mama. My mama makes jam. What? My mama makes jam. Woo-hoo! Come on, Cooter, let's get in the the Judo Lee. So anyway, um, when you account for a couple's age, gender, income, and health conditions, most couples who are best friends and live together were just as happy as couples who are best friends and married. So couples who say their partner is a best friend, um, they do better. Because they get more, quote-unquote, life satisfaction. What immediately intrigues me about this is the idea of marriage as a whole. So, um, <laughs> my mama makes jam, Chad Burton says. His mama does make jam. You I've had some of it. <laughs> The other day she fed it to me for breakfast, Chad. <laughs> Very funny. Okay, so there's a phrase right now. I want to change the topic. Having a happy relationship super important. Avoid getting Amazon is a phrase that has become part of our lexicon in 2017. It's hot. It's a hot phrase, right? 
And we all know Borders Books got Amazon. We all know Tower Records got Amazon. We all know, um, I'm looking at my clothes right now, all of it delivered. Now, one of it comes from a company called Toad and Company, and the rest from Amazon. So my diesel jeans, my underwear, I know you're saying, what type of underwear? I don't know. It's green because I'm trying to hide stains. Most people have brown hide stains. I'm hiding green stains, so it's green. Ah! My socks, my shoes. I got my shoes through a Nike distributor. Nike had to make a deal recently because people were panicking. Like Adidas has a store on, on Amazon, and uh, Skechers has a store on Amazon, and uh, Under Armour has a store on Amazon. So Amazon wants a piece of that action. Or you're going to get Amazon. So Nike said, you know what? We'll join them. Rather than... But like, who got Amazon in that one? Dick's Sporting Goods. Because we used to say, let's go down to Dick's. Who doesn't love dicks, right? Um, so a lot of people go down to dicks. It's like BJ's Oil Services. Um, that's a company that does oil drilling, and who doesn't love BJ's, right? It's a strong, strong company that has very little competition. So Blue Apron got Amazon. You're hearing this phrase, they got Amazon, and it's driving me a little bit crazy. Apparel is well-positioned to get Amazon, whether it be Macy's or JCPenney's or Sears or uh, Nordstrom. It, they're thinking that in the future, in the future, um, in the 21st century, all malls will become parking lots for Uber and Lyft drivers who are picking up packages from the warehouse, the Macy's warehouse or the Banana Republic warehouse or whatever, and they'll be delivering those goods to you. So getting Amazon, Amazon buys Whole Foods, the whole grocery industry panicked. Um... It's interesting to note, you know, I think in a lot of levels, don't we think Office Depot and Staples struggled as bad as they did because of Amazon um, and Prime? So is ABC, NBC, CBS getting Amazon? They're getting Netflixed. Um, so anyway, don't get too caught up in that. But should you consider owning some Amazon? If it's the craziest thing you're adding to a well-diversified portfolio, it's not crazy. If you have a whole portfolio of crazy, <laughs> then you're like my ex, um, you got a whole head full of crazy. Are you crazy? Little Coco. Little Loco in the Coco. And she ate Coco Puffs on a locomotive. <laughs> Have a good Are day, everyone. Mind? I've got seminars coming up. You can always use the code RADIO25 by going to Rob Black Show, robblackshow.com. I'm using the code RADIO25. CFP Chat Virgin's got a website with a lot of good downloadables at newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.